Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The league has released its new rules around load management, and there may be a LeBron James-sized loophole for the Lakers to exploit. We'll explain. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free and never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. So we can go hang out with over 20,000 subscribers to the channel. Uh, always active, always leaving questions and comments. We used a bunch of them for our show on Wednesday. We got another one we're going to try to get to uh, today. Um, I do want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Uh, empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50, over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So, Andy, I mentioned the the mailbag. We'll try to get back into that. Uh, I got I'm doing um, TV this evening uh, with our friends at Spectrum Sportsnet, and they have some uh, questions I'm going to answer about LeBron James over under statistical stuff. I actually find kind of intriguing in terms of uh, reflecting the expectations for the season. But let's start here. The rules are out, Andy, and the league is officially cracking down on load management. We talked about it uh, earlier in the week when uh, some of the details were leaking, but they made it official on Wednesday. And uh, the league is not screwing around. The punishments for these things are pretty harsh financially. Um, what, what struck you as, as interesting about all this? Well, I mean, first of all, the idea that how you're going to go about administering it, which Adam Silver, who had a press conference about this, never really entirely explained in part because I'm not sure they entirely know. Um, we discussed this when some of the details were leaking out with less specificity. I think to some degree, this is very similar to the league with tampering, mm -hmm. where it's don't make us have to do something. Don't put us in a position where we have no choice other than to crack down on this stuff or other than to have to punish you. You know, the league knows that tampering exists. The league, to some degree, enjoys that tampering exists because it helps create a frenzy with free agency and stuff like that, that all in all is good for the league and they know it. And yes, they want to have this both ways. But what they don't want to have happen is teams being so egregious about this and so obvious about this that they have to do something, that they can't plausibly look the other way. And I think right now what the league is trying to do with you know, this rest issue, which I think they actually care about far more than they care about tampering, but mm -hmm. there is an element of if you guys take this seriously enough, then we can selectively and in some particular cases, outwardly, look the other way if overall things start getting better. Right. As Adam Silver said, you know, the, the, the notion of rest for the sake of rest, missing games just for resting purposes, uh, has, in his words, gone too far. Um, so just to break down a little bit of what we're going to be looking at, looking at for this year, um, 
the the big one that's getting most of the attention is no no more no more than one star players unavailable for the same game. So, in the case of the Lakers, unless there means, is a legitimate established right, injury for rest, right? You are you are if you're hurt, you're hurt. Um, but in terms of load managing, what guys are DNP rest uh, one guy at a time for that. So if you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, if you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, if you have uh, Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker, like one, one at a time uh, available, you know, must one of those guys needs to be on the floor. You can't sit both because of rest. If they're hurt. They're hurt. Uh, teams must ensure that star players are available for national TV and in-season tournament games. This is really a big one. Uh, the I'm NBA... telling you, man, I said that was my immediate reaction. Adam Silver is not effing around when it comes to this in-season tournament and the debut of it. This is his baby. He is not going to have stars sitting out because they don't personally care either about the opponent that night or the tournament at large. Get your ass on the floor. And I, I actually think it's it's the term, but it's also the TV game. The national TV part of this is a really big. The NBA, well, they are one and the same in a lot of respects. Well, no, but I mean the the national TV stuff runs for a lot longer than the sure than just the tournament. Um, but I mean it's the same principle. But these are high interest games, and the TV product suffers. And the NBA is a TV product as much as it is anything else, more than it is most things, and. Uh, they need to put on a better TV show. And when guys don't play, um, these national TV games, which are choreographed and scripted ahead of time and all that, um, suffer. They suffer greatly. Um, it's bad enough when guys are hurt, but for these uh, rest games, it's no good. Um, teams, they're encouraging players, if they are going to skip games and rest, to do that uh, at home rather on the road so that you know the one time a year you get to see Steph or LeBron or you know, KD or whoever it might be, you actually get to do it. Um, uh, if you are sitting and you're healthy, uh, you need to be visible. Some people need to see you on the bench. This is my favorite one. Um, and I, because I, I, I want to talk not just about the Lakers, but before we're done here about like how these rules could impact the competitiveness of the league. I think this is a big one. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near shutdown when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a material re materially reduced role in circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. That is not about load management. That is about tanking. That is about taking your best player, if you're on a lousy team, and shutting that player down either ahead of the trade deadline so they don't get hurt or after the trade deadline so your team can lose as much as possible heading into the lottery. And this is one of the one of the things that to me at least, you know, a team like the Lakers and you know we talk about the schedule, uh this question that we have about the schedule, it you you now start to go through cuz these fines are significant. If you get caught doing these things and it's much easier to figure out if you've shut down your best player on a bad team um you know for something like this it's much easier to figure that out whether than on a one night load management thing whether that guy is hurt or or just resting a lot of games down the stretch whether they're for the lakers or for teams that are chasing them hopefully or teams that they are chasing are determined by who's on the floor and so this one for the NBA, for the nba which has taken a lot of measures against tanking I think this is a significant one because um, it, this will have an impact, I think, on the competitive balance of games in April as we head into playoffs. And I think that's a really good change for the league.
So, yeah, I mean, whether you're talking about you know, like Bradley Beal last year, you know, Damian Lillard, whatever it might be, you know, last year, you know, the NBA has done, you know, made the competitive season longer with things like the play in, they flattened lottery odds. But these are the types of, of things that actually I think will have a, a, an effect on the, on the competitive product next year. Other things that Andy will influence us both for the Lakers and for the Western Conference, some intriguing, uh, aspects of this rule including stuff that will have a big impact on how the lakers can use lebron we'll get to it next locked on lakers is brought to you by jace and in the last few years with the pandemic and various natural disasters unforeseen emergencies if they've taught us anything it's that we have to expect the unexpected everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved one when it seems like the world has just gone sideways. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in some type of unforeseen emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation which I've done, it is very simple, user-friendly, licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Do not get caught unprepared. You can also save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional 20 bucks off using the code LOCKEDON at the checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Again, the promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, so for the Lakers, Andy, obviously this policy impacts LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two guys who are uh, in other circumstances, you would say, are likely very good candidates for load management. Uh, LeBron James is uh, 248 years old and has played 9 billion NBA minutes. Um, Anthony Davis, while you know just in his early 30s, is... Uh, an injury risk every time he takes the floor. The Lakers built up depth on this roster with the idea of being able to shepherd these guys through the season, um, and that means sitting them when needed and all that kind of stuff. Um, these rules do impact that for sure because at the very least, if you do want to give these guys just pure rest nights, it can't happen on the same day, um, and that that makes a difference about how you strategize these things. You know, the proverbial scheduled loss, um, you know, the, 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 on the fourth night, fifth night, sixth night of a trip, third game in five days, whatever it is, where you just say, you know what, let's just minimize it, sit them both and call it a night. Can't do that anymore. Um, the flip side is Andy, the league has provided uh, a, a, I'll just go ahead and call it a grandfather clause, and you might as well call it the LeBron clause because it it it, it applies to him, <laughs> to say the least, in a big way. Yeah, this is from Bobby Marks' report on ESPN. Quote, the NBA will allow pre-approved designated back-to-back -back allowances for players who are 35 years old on opening night or have career workloads of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 regular season and playoff games combined, sources said. To put this in perspective for LeBron, at a nearly 39 years of age with 54,093 career regular season minutes and a combined 17 
1,703 regular season and playoff games under his belt. LeBron is so far past this baseline for back-to-back allowances. Like he could lease out minutes and games. I say he almost he almost qualifies twice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, if a player, if the team feels like a player is unable to do back-to-backs, they need to give um, the NBA written information at least a week prior. So again, everybody can have their ducks in a row. They can schedule this stuff out. The league doesn't feel sideswiped by some of this uh, other players who fall under this category chris paul mike conley steph kd um demar derozan james harden um what jumped out at me first of all in thinking about this with the lakers said this before i don't actually think it's going to affect the lakers materially that much in terms of the stuff that they do because using you know, last season as a template, and really I think the entire time LeBron and AD have played together, to my memory, they have not had a lot of rest for the sake of rest games. Like that's not actually something that they've really done. LeBron, because I think of out of just professionalism, a lot like Kobe, a lot like MJ, he feels a responsibility to be on the floor if he can do it. And Anthony Davis, I think, is really sensitive to the idea that he's seen as made from glass and fragile and that he is, you know, adverse to getting out on the floor, that he's the one holding himself out. Like the back-to-back issues that we had with AD last season around the time when the Lakers win that play-in race and was very controversial among a lot of Laker fans, a lot of NBA media, Lakers media covering the team. No matter how you felt about it, that was because AD had just come off a serious foot injury mm-hmm. and the team did not feel like he was physically ready to play back to back. That's not play. that. I don't, I don't think that qualifies as load management. That is, but injury. that's, but that's, right, that's, but that's my point is right. exactly. I don't actually think the Lakers are, would be looking to sit either one of these guys for the sake of non-specific load management anyway Beyond the fact that I think the West is too hard to do that on a regular basis. I'll tell you where I disagree. I I, I think the, re- the, the reason what you're saying is is true in terms of how this has played out is mostly because they haven't had the opportunity. You know, AD, those, I agree with you. I, I don't, I wouldn't categorize those. And I think the Lakers in similar circumstances would argue to the league that is not load management. That is not resting for the sake of rest. He has an active injury that we are managing. Um, we're trying to keep him on the floor as much as we can for everyone. Um, this require load management requires a certain degree of health. The Lakers haven't had it. LeBron has had huge stretches where he's been injured. Anthony Davis has had long stretches where he's been injured. Um, and so I think where we'll find out how much this would really impact the Lakers is if both of these guys actually stay healthy over the course of the season. And the Lakers have the luxury of being able to say, um, you know what? Let's target that these four nights, these five nights, these six nights, whatever it is, as nights where one or depending on how they do this because of the LeBron rule here, um, and I'm just calling it that even though other players qualify, the Lakers actually might be able to let both of them sit if they feel competitively it is the best thing for them and can justify it under the new policy. And like that kind of thing to me doesn't make a huge difference 
probably in their, you know, the end of season record, but it's these little things. Like you say, the West is super competitive and it's interesting to me, Denver, who is, I think everybody's pick to win the conference this year. Again, certainly the consensus of nothing else. Right. I mean, not literally, but like, yeah, I mean, I most, they're the consensus pick. They only have one guy who's covered by this policy. Their second best player, Jamal Murray, is not there. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is not. Uh, Aaron Gordon is not. So teams like that, as good as they are, have a little bit more flexibility. And again, I agree with you. Kind of, I don't know how much of a difference this is going to make. I don't know how different they really should call this the Kawhi Paul George rule. You know, this is a Kawhi Leonard discussion. I think Mm -hmm. he's the highest profile player. That really, this is about. He is, he, he is the the rest load management um, origin story. Well, because I think as much as the Clippers have struggled to get Paul George regularly on the court, I have never gotten the sense that Paul George there's any difficulty working with him on this. It's just he's been hurt. Whereas Kawhi is legit by multiple years of reporting. Kawhi is legitimately difficult to deal with. When it comes to this stuff, difficult for his teams. It'll, it'll just be, you know, it'll be interesting for me to see what little impact. So all of these things are, um, I, I think this combined with the 65 game thing, I think you will see more stars playing. Okay. But every time the league does something like this, because I think players care about these awards. They do. Like they want to win stuff. They want to be on all NBA teams. The younger players, particularly you know, uh, you know, they qualify for super maxes and stuff like that based on these types of things. They're, they, they matter. Um, and so like in a really tight conference, you know, the handful of games that this sort of stuff might impact, well, it'd be interesting it, to see at the end of the year, how much, um, if people can point to different games, different times where either people sat or would have sat, but instead played. Um, they think and and see how that impacts the standings. What I really hope, I mean, I really hope that what one of the big results from this movement by the league is you just start seeing more transparency in terms of injuries and why guys are out in the first place. Because we've talked about this before, I'm very much of the opinion that load management and rest gets thrown around too broadly anyway. Mm If nothing else, it might start. We might start looking at more carefully. Okay, is our sports medicine as good as we think it is? With all this analytically driven data and all the advances that we think are all there, are we doing as good a job as we've actually, in the last ten to fifteen years, have decided that we have? Have we progressed as much as we think we have? Because I have a feeling it might turn out not as much as we think. Well, I think, well, we'll I think there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of guesswork and a lot of people making their best assumptions. And there's a very fuzzy line between um, what is considered preventative rest um, to prevent you know injury that is appropriate to prevent rest or to prevent injury and something that isn't necessary to prevent injury. Like that that space sure. is yes. very difficult to define. That's that is what I'm talking about, right? And so you know, yeah, right. I mean, we'll see. I, there's, it is an inexact science, and I think what they're just trying to do is push it. You know, if the pendulum has swung all the way to one direction or the other, I think they're just trying to get it to move back towards yeah. the center. I don't and think I don't blame anybody them. ever expects they'll get back to what it was 10 years ago. I just think they want it to be something different than it has been. Yeah. Over the past couple of years, I don't blame them. And you change enough rules. I I don't blame them at all. It's been really it is bad for the product. 
And I think, you know, at a time where pressures on revenue are starting to grow, we saw what happened with, you know, ESPN and Disney and like the, the cord cutting and all these things that could really impact how much revenue the league brings in. You've got to have players on the floor to drive the product. And so they need to at least take steps. And I think this is, it's an imperfect way to work, kind of work with the union to not make it so onerous, but cut out the worst stuff, mm -hmm. including the tanking, which is, yep. I think, an under talked about aspect of, of this, all this stuff. Uh, I got a really interesting, dip back into the mailbag, got a really uh, detailed uh, question about the schedule, which we never really talked about, um, that we will dig into next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and the NFL season. It is underway and there are incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you just bet five bucks, five dollars. That's it. And you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, whole lot of different options for you. And all customers who bet, again, just five dollars, you get a hundred bucks off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV, and this is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is really easy to use, user-friendly, fun experience. Again, all those betting options. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Andy, so we dug into the mailbag for uh, Wednesday's show, and one of the things we said was like, hey, what do you want us to talk about? And uh, we got a, a, a long and detailed answer on the YouTube page from uh, Martin Hall, Northern Soul. Uh, that's his username. Yeah, asking about just the schedule in general, wanted us to analyze it, get into the, the stretches of games, key milestones, things like that, um, stretches that we thought could be critical to success or – I guess failure for the team, uh, Anthony Davis and and LeBron, their health, all sorts of stuff. You know, there's a few things that jumped out of me. The Lakers having 15 back to backs. Um, they only had 12 last season, and 15 is one more than the league average of 14. But five have no travel, um, like four home and home ones, plus one that is Laker, you know, at home than the Clippers. Um, right. They have an overall rest disadvantage, which. You know, when you're thinking about LeBron and AD, that will always uh, yeah. That's one that that's one that stuck out to me, especially now in in relation to like we talked about, like this concept of scheduled losses and trying to coordinate potential rest days. Mm -hmm. That rest deficit thing, which was they were on the way on the plus side last year, they're way on the negative this year. Yeah, um, another element that jumped out at me they they started the last two years really heavy with home games this year. Just three of their first nine are at home, and only nine of their first 20 are in L.A. But one thing that really jumped out at me the most is I think the first 21 games give the Lakers a real opportunity to start getting a pretty quick idea, like in the first quarter of the season, who this team is or who they can be. These are their first games at Denver, then hosting Phoenix, at Sacramento, hosting the Magic and the Clippers, then a road trip at Orlando, at Miami, at Houston, at Phoenix, and hosting Portland, Memphis, and Sacramento, at Portland, hosting Houston, Utah, and the Mavs, then a road trip around Thanksgiving, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Detroit, and OKC. So you open on the road against Denver, you get Phoenix twice, Orlando twice, and I think they're going to be better 
this year, Sacramento twice. You have to go to Miami, Philadelphia, no matter what happens with Harden. You know, it may be messy, but I don't think Daryl Morey is going to make a trade where it seems like they take a step back. You know, Memphis has a history of playing well without John Morant, and they've added Marcus Smart. Cleveland's good. Um, Houston, I think, could be respectable bad. You know, Detroit wants to be better. Um, you know, you go into Philadelphia, that you know, it's Pat Bev's new house now. That's right. Um, Oklahoma City's always hard to play on the road. So I, I feel like, you know, on one hand, it's difficult. But on the other hand, it gives this team that's been talking up a lot how they feel just a training camp in and of themselves can unlock, you know, new heights for a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. I think the opening 21 games gives you a real opportunity to have an idea of who they are. Yeah, and it's interesting too because they start so we are we have gotten so used to these home heavy starts. Um, they are also incredibly road heavy at the end of the season too. And so, you know, you for a team that it would be really nice for the Lakers to get off to a good start and not have to be chasing wins. Um, because while I do not think they care about their seeding um, in the slightest, I do think they care about not being in the play-in. And so a top six seed is really important. Yeah. Um, I don't think they want to go through that stuff again. They certainly don't want to have to be hitting the, you know, hitting the pedal just to make sure they get in and not screw that up. Um, you know, and I, I don't like dwelling on this sort of thing, but you do have to kind of build in contingencies of, okay, we, we have to assume we're going to miss 15 games of Anthony Davis. We have to assume we're going to miss 15 games of LeBron. Hopefully it's not more than that. It's likely not going to be less than that. Um, but that's been the pattern for the last couple of seasons. So you start heavy on the road while theoretically everybody's healthy. Like, this opening stretch, you know, you know, you go through the, the, you know, October, early, late October into Thanksgiving. It's really important the Lakers don't put themselves in a hole like they did last year, in part because you all, if you you don't want to be in a situation where you're chasing games where eight of 11, eight of your final 11 games are on the road. Yeah. Um, I mean, with some decent teams mixed in with Milwaukee, with Memphis, with, I don't think Indiana's been very good, but, you know, Brooklyn's not very good, but Toronto is always well run. Um, you know, Cleveland's good. They've been Minnesota, testing that theory lately. Golden State, they have Cleveland, Minnesota, Golden State, you know, Memphis again. Who knows what New Orleans is going to be? But eight of 11 on the road is eight of 11 on the road. And so if they are chasing the standings in part because they got off to a tough start, they have to compress a lot of winning into the middle of the year to give themselves the best opportunity to set themselves up for the playoffs because you want to be able to at the risk of load, you know, maybe not load manage, but reduce guys' minutes, let them sit a little bit more, whatever it might be towards the end of the year so that everybody is good to go for the playoffs. Um, that beginning stretch on the road is going to be critical so they don't have to uh, scuttle their plans for the end of the year. That's really what stuck out to me beyond the, uh, you know, those swings and like rest disadvantage and stuff like rest advantage to disadvantage that we talked about um, at the beginning because all of these things, Andy impacted the margins and the margins make a huge difference in a competitive conference. Yeah. Again, it's, it's another reason why I don't think the Lakers would be looking to do a whole hell of a lot of blatant load management to begin with. Cause I just do it. If think, you're winning, I maybe if you're winning, but even then the West is so tough and the Lakers have, ex they've experienced how quickly things can turn 
in either direction. I don't think you look to push your luck too much, I guess, unless you've built up such right. A if you're if you're comfortably a two seed, a three seed, or something like that, maybe and, you know, you know, then you then you can afford it. Like all of these load management scenarios with the Lakers really are built on best cases. Well, yeah, and again, um, and maybe and, if you're and talking I, it's, and as much as I love this team, um, and I think they are really well set up to to go in and have a really good and fun season, it never plays out as your best case scenario. That, that no. never happens. No. Um, another couple quick fun things I noticed in there that were interesting or quirky. They got two straight non-back-to-back games in San Antonio. So that could be a fun look at AD versus Weminyama. How does uh, Wemby adjust after a second quick look at AD or vice versa? And then also they don't play Golden State until nearly the end of January. Which is kind of odd considering they're in the same uh, division. And uh, they play Orlando twice. <laughs> yeah. It's un- and, you know, the LeBron versus Steph is something that, you know, is always a big deal. So it's kind of interesting that that doesn't happen until damn near February. But yeah, the, the, the league has got the, you know, there, there were a couple little quirky things like that last year where teams suddenly just pop up on your schedule mm-hmm. like nine times. Um, and I, I, you know, th- this is a result of them trying to, you know, make the schedule more equitable, eliminate travel and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, fewer back-to-backs, fewer three games and five nights and all that. You get weird little bits in your in your yeah. schedule. They're going to have to keep doing that if they want these rules, like we talked about earlier, to really take hold and work the way they want. But I do like these sort of quirky little... I'd rather all the games against Golden State be backloaded. They mean more. Sure. Yeah. Adds, adds more intrigue and zazz to it. Yep. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with over 21, uh, almost 21,000 subscribers. We are likely to take Friday off uh, if if you'll know if we don't, because there will be a show there. Um, but prepare, prepare yourselves uh, for the weekend um, going into it potentially without us. Uh, but then we'll be back on uh, Monday. If we aren't here on Friday, we'll be definitely be back on Monday. Everyone have a great night.